Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. My name is Michael. I am a chaser, and today I am an optimistic autumn boy. We had a terrible summertime here, and uh, we're going into the fall, and I am I am determined to make it the best fall that ever was. We're going to have a Halloween party. We're going to watch lots of horror movies. It's going to be great. I'm going to put up lights. The whole thing. Wow. I'm very excited. Wow. I mean, best fall ever is like. <laughs> yes. I mean, because the last year has taken forever. So by, by it, it has to be the best forever. As long as this fall is better than last fall, yes. I'm good. Yeah, like, yeah. As long as we're on the upswing. Hey, my name's Don Marshall. I'm a big chubby guy living here in sunny Hollywood. And today I am a warm footed, cool shouldered guy. Cause today was the first <laughs> Michael will understand this when I finish this sentence. Because today was the first day where it was cool enough for me to drive here with all the windows down and the heaters on, which I love doing. That's a very comfortable way to be with fresh, cool air blowing over your face and warm toes. This is a weird... You had the the heat on today. See, that's the the way over here was cold, yeah. It's like 69 degrees No, it's not. No, it's not. (laughs) I have lived in California for 20 years. 69 degrees is cold. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Hi, my name is Dan Oliverio, author, public speaker, and certified chubby chaser. Um, gosh, what to say, what to say? Uh, I'm, I have had way too little sleep. Can you tell? And um, so I'm just, I'm just happy to be awake. Yeah, that doesn't. Where does one get certified to be a chaser? Oh, you don't get certified. You either are or aren't certified. <laughs> they stamp it on your ass. Oh boy. <laughs> That's how you can tell. Just pull the pants down. I'm don't do that. <laughs> the Big Fat Gay Podcast does not endorse pantsing chasers. Yes, we do. <laughs> the Big Fat Gay Podcast does not endorse unwillingly. <laughs> You're on. Done. Okay. <laughs> I'm Trevor Keyson. I'm a super chub. And this is a weird one, apparently. Uh, the, vibe is, the vibe is all over the place. Uh, but as, as Michael said, it's officially Fat Boy Fall. Yay. Yay. Wait, Fat Boy Fall is a thing, though, as opposed to, what was it, Fit Girl Summer? Is that what Hot you Girl said? Summer. Hot Girl Summer. There we go. What's Fat Boy Fall? Hot Summer. I, I keep thinking that Fat Boy Fall sounds like some terrible accident in the shower. Oh, oh actually, it kind of does. I did fall the other day. <laughs> oh, you did, no, baby. That's, that's kicking off <laughs> Fat, Fat Boy, Boy Fall. <laughs> <laughs> Responding to a, a grocery oh, emergency. Wait, there was an earthquake yesterday. That, no? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Completely unrelated. Completely yeah. unrelated. <laughs> Trevor down, Trevor down. Because it did say it was only 15 miles away. That's not that far. <laughs> 4.2. <laughs> and yes, ladies and gentlemen, there really was an earthquake in yeah. LA. Yeah. yeah. It was It was a good yeah. one. It was short, but it was like shocking. It was Pretty violent. Anyway, welcome to the show, everybody. We are now a solid what five minutes in, and we have said absolutely nothing of substance. Well, let's we're hit it. We're hitting the ground running after falling down the front steps, <laughs> right into pop culture. Uh, this this big energy that we've got going is about to get crushed oh, in the yeah. vice grip of current events. I actually think it is a it is the perfect like. I put it first because I feel like it's going to get us pretty worked up. <laughs> um, so this, I saw, I, I discovered this from a tweet from uh, Michael Hobbs, who is uh, the host of Maintenance Phase with Aubrey Gordon. Oh, um, okay. Uh, wonderful journalist. And the tweet is, holy shit, I never thought I'd see an elected official imply that children deserve to die because they're fat. And the tweet he's talking about is from Spencer Roach of Florida. He's a house member. Um, happily named Spencer Roach. Uh, 
Uh, and he said, uh, Politico Florida article published on September 9th indicates that since the start of the pandemic, 23 children under 16 have died from COVID in the state of Florida, a total of 214 nationwide, many morbidly obese. That is a tragedy, but perspective is important. Yeah, perspective, people. Perspective. <sighs> and I love that his state has got over 10% of the childhood COVID deaths. But hey, they were fat. So, you know, come on. Look, it's time we just fess up that Florida's evil and we can just <laughs> saw them off and push them off into the Atlantic. Oh, God. How do you even... Like, has he, do we know if he's tried to like reframe this or like backpedal or anything? Nope. <laughs> um, he also like, I think the thing he tweeted before was like a big pro-life thing. Um, oh, right. Cause that goes so well with pro-life. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Except if, you know, you can get an abortion. Perspective if, people, perspective. <laughs> you can get an abortion if the baby's fat, apparently. I don't know. It's, it's just so like, you said the, the quiet part loud. <laughs> Like, I just, uh, what do you, what do you I'm, say to that? Like, I, I don't, I, I don't know what to say to that. I except people are terrible. And that has been my mantra for the well, last Well, it's like, not just years. people. This is an elected official for the state of Florida. Yeah. But people elected him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People may think that this is just a douchey thing to say, roll their eyes and move on. But I remember when I was a fat kid, I remember hearing stuff like that all the time. All where the it time. just was very clear to me that my life literally mattered less. Mm-hmm. Just literally. Well, and that anything yeah. terrible that happened to you was your fault. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I used to get, uh, what was it, strep throat constantly because oh, I was fat. Yep, that's mm -hmm. why. I'm like, uh, <laughs> streptococcus loves fat How? people. How? <laughs> like, like, please, please show me how this and relates. And it's, it's either strep throat or sinusitis or allergies. It's all yep. because you're too fat. Well, and mm -hmm. Don, if you would just lose weight, you'd see how. That's where you use the cricket button. <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on. I don't think I have it up. Crickets? There we go. Okay, we made it. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's garbage. Garbage house member from Florida. Um, is it the Florida State House or United States House of Representatives? Yeah. Uh, it just he just says House on his Twitter bio. Oh, maybe it's a party. It's Spencer Roach. Yes. What an appropriate name. Yeah. And he needs your cards and letters, folks. So a nice little gut punch to start the episode off. But, yeah, but we're going to pivot. It, As we, we, we pivot. We pivot we real hit, hard. We hit the ground <laughs> <laughs> after rolling down the stairs and we spring back up. Like some sort of martial oh, arts action film. Like Willy Wonka from yes. The Good One. Oh, yeah. Well, the only one. Like, well, yes. <laughs> um, it was the Met Gala. Yeah. Remember? Met remember Gala. That? Yeah, Met Gala was things the other are happening day. again. Um, and there was some wonderful uh, plus size fashion, which um, I shared with everyone. Uh, the article is kind of weird, so you might have to click through. Yeah, they've got post. it's sort of weirdly formatted, but there are some really it's sort of a collection of the plus size. Um, I think it's all women, right? Yes. Uh, who were at the Met. And well, there are no fat men. Beautiful. You have to remember. Well, they don't exist. They don't right? exist. We never talk about them. They don't exist. It's a myth. <laughs> um, and the, uh, the the amazing fashion that they brought to, that they got to wear. And uh, some of these outfits are just stunning. And there's mm -hmm. a, a just, you know, there's a good degree of representation as well. I mean, I th one of the things they say in the article is like, this is not, is not as much as we need it to be, but it's, yeah. it's something. I think, you know, we need an, it's something musical cue. <laughs> hey. um, but my favorite was uh, Nina Parker, who 
shows up. She's this beautiful black woman in this golden, flowing, intricately adorned gown and a cape. And her hair is this is like wavy and long, and she mm. has this like sun uh, like a like a sunburst crown, like this intricate sort of delicate looking crown. It's like I keep trying to get Trevor to wear a cape. <laughs> I would totally wear a cape. Oh my god, there was I will wear a cape if anyone buys me one. I'm just all I'm saying. <laughs> Instagram uh, a couple of years ago, they were kind of pushing like you know it, it was probably fast fashion, but like these men's like capes that look, kind of look like assassin capes, but it was like. The shorter ones where it's like over the shoulders yeah. and everything. Well, I would that, totally wear that. That's a, I mean, there's a cape and there's a cloak. I, they it, sold it as a cape. Right. Well, the shorter ones are capes. Uh, I really loved um, from the uh, a Nikki de... I, I'm going to say Nikki de Jaeger. Correct me, yeah. listener. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, they, I, there we go. Anyway, uh, I just love the color of her dress. I love the flowers. I love the kind of exploding flower crown. Yeah. Also very like, I don't know. It's like a statement piece. It's mm -hmm. just like very eye-catching, fantastic. Uh, and paying homage to Marsha P. Johnson, uh, trans activist, queen, all around. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, uh, Barbie F Let's see Ferreira, if I can Ferreira, Ferreira okay. um, who we've talked about <laughs> before in kind of this 1920s flapper. Mm -hmm. uh, I love pearl. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's basically this sort of intense beaded gown. And I feel mm -hmm. like, beads we as larger people we don't get beaded things mm -mm. you know like <laughs> i've never seen a large woman in a beaded gown before and i think that was pretty awesome i so i'm, I'm just thinking of this because i i've been watching gotham which is the gotham is the kind of like pre-batman batman tv show that fox did a couple years ago and i there's the whenever we have a batman uh thing we have to see Martha Wayne's pearls oh, yeah. get oh, yeah. torn and hit the ground. So like, no, that's been just like floating in my mind. And I saw this, I'm like, this is what I want from pearls. I don't want <laughs> to see Martha Wayne's pearl necklace, which also I think I just realizing saying that pearl necklace is also a porn thing. Yeah. Um, but I just, I want to see pearls in a extravagant beaded gown. I do not want to see, Martha Wayne's pearl necklace. <laughs> Sorry, as soon as you said that, all I yeah. could think was Martha, Martha, oh, Martha. <laughs> okay. Why are you saying Martha? <laughs> Martha. Anyway, <laughs> pearls gown, yes. Pearls alley, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's my uh, fashion yeah, rule fashion, this year. Fashion, fashion tip. Fashion tip. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, moving on. Moving on into. It's here. Fat watch. Yay. 2021. I'm <sighs> I'm imagining clouds. It's I'm imagining the soaring over California. I'm going through the clouds. It does feel like that, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. That's exactly what this sounds. Yeah. Anyway. Which is um, gone now, isn't it? Soaring is gone? It's soaring around the world. Oh, right, right, right. And it's mm -hmm. different music though, isn't it? Yeah. Bit, yeah. Anyway. It's not quite so American. Not that it yeah. <laughs> not that it matters. Um, um so what we got going on in Fat Watch this week? Uh, so this is actually from Dan. Yes, indeed. Uh Dr. Natasha Laramie talking about weight bias uh with knee replacement surgery. And mm -hmm. she's talking on she has she has a podcast and she has an Instagram and she's she's definitely worth following. It's uh the Fat Doctor UK is her handle. And she's talking about knee replacement surgery and this new study out from, uh, oh gosh, well, I can't think of it, remember if it's Sweden or Norway. But basically they did this, um, 
they did this study because traditionally, if you're fat, you're not allowed to get uh, knee replacement surgery unless you can prove to them that you're worthy enough by losing enough weight. And typically it's 10% of your body weight or to get below the certain BMI cutoff. And so they actually did this study to see, <laughs> is that medically necessary? Guess what the results Why were. Why would they do that? Why would they do that? <laughs> Why, Why would they, they do that? Because we know the answer. Why would you do a study? And if you know, if it doesn't show what we assume, then obviously the studies are wrong. What a waste of resources. Absolutely. So yeah, so the study showed that it made absolutely no difference in the results and the outcome of the knee replacement surgery, whether the patients lost weight or not before the surgery. Mm-hmm. And so uh, she goes on about this. Um, also, what they did to these people, yeah. uh, they put them on an eight-week crash diet of 800 calories a oh, day. Oh, fuck no. Yeah. Well, and, you know, so, <laughs> and this is what gets me. The mild symptoms. Yeah, the mild symptoms. So the side effects deemed mild by the researchers included dry skin, constipation, flatulence, cramps, dizziness, headaches, insomnia, and sensitivity to cold and bad breath. Well, actually, sensitivity to cold. And bad breath. breath. They <laughs> missed their Oxford comma there. I, I, think I, they... I can be very sensitive to bad breath. I'll yes. admit that. Yes. Why they... do people leave that out? I don't understand. Anyway. I love the Oxford I comma. love the Oxford comma. Anyway, it's moving my best on. Friend. So, um, and the thing is that the other thing that's really important here is this is, this is knee replacement surgery. And having had rotator cuff surgery on my shoulder, I can assure you that one of the biggest indicators of how you will do after the surgery is preservation of muscle mass. Mm-hmm. Uh, preservation of, of muscle mass is also something that's important just for general health, but especially if you're going through something like a massive recovery. Well, guess what? All the dieters lost a bunch of muscle Yeah, because when you starve yourself, you don't just lose fat. You lose everything. You, you literally shrink everything. You get rid of everything. You atrophy. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. you get rid of muscle, you get rid of fat, you get rid of, uh, of enzymes, you get rid of a lot of stuff. So yeah, that's it's almost like you're starving to it's death. It's almost like you're starving to death. Yeah, uh, and you could argue, well, well, 800 is too severe. Oh, okay, so you'd have a higher threshold for starvation. Um, but the the other thing that she talks about that is really important is she she cites the study, and it because the thing that always comes out of these studies is they say yes, but you know their cholesterol improved. Yeah, but <laughs> oh, you could Jesus. have improved their cholesterol a whole bunch of ways. Right. <laughs> you didn't have to starve them. Well, and, and her yes, point was They like, may be dead, but they lost 100% of their body weight. <laughs> <laughs> and her the way she puts it is like, yeah, like in, in some cases their health improved, but that is, she makes a point to say that is not intrinsic to losing weight. Right. Like it, you can do that in a number of ways that didn't have to require you to go on an 800 calorie a day crash diet. Mm-hmm. And then lose all of these other things that made it, that, that ultimately had no impact on how the knee replacement went. Right. The other thing that I that I love is she makes the point, you know, but people say, well, yeah, but what about the anesthesia? And she makes the point that, you know, it's funny how you are never too fat to go under anesthesia if you're having gastric bypass surgery. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, then, then, then you know, then we, we just got to do it. We just got to. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, it's good to see this being ported. Did, did she put it out? This link that we got was on Instagram, but has this gone out? I'm assuming this has gone a lot broader than that. Oh yeah. Um, the study she's quoting is the Scandinavian Journal of Surgery. The title of the article is Weight Loss Intervention uh, Before Total Knee Replacement, colon, a 12-month randomized controlled trial. Hmm. Well, I'm glad that's out there. Mm-hmm. I need more of that. More of it, I say. More studies. Yeah. And it's it's just worth circling back to. We've said it a thousand times, but it's always worth saying it one more time. BMI isn't a thing, yeah. right? <laughs> well, I mean, it is a thing. It just doesn't mean anything. Right. It, it, it doesn't mean a squat. And so the fact that just about every medical procedure 
that is ever suggested for a fat person hinges on their BMI, mm-hmm. whether or not they get to get to have it. This is not a nothing issue. Mm-hmm. This is a serious issue that confronts anyone who's fat who has a medical issue that is going to be denied treatment for it for a mythical reason. Yeah. That's a problem. BMI can fuck right off. Um, so on, on that note, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, segue here. We need a segue sound effect for when we don't actually have a segue. Um, what we does were, a segue sound like? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was fun. I was imagining maybe for a segue like the Batman sound effect. Like... <laughs> Like, I'll I'll pick one of those and and just use that. Um, Do Wayne and Garth. (laughs) 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 Well, now that we're here, um, (laughs) we were. uh, So, one of the struggles we have with the show is trying to keep it current but also not have it be a cesspool of negativity, which Mm. is what feels like most current things are. (laughs) Um, And so this week we decided to take it a different direction, trying something new where uh, we're going to do story time. Mm -hmm. time. Story time with the Big Fat Gay Podcast. My first thought when Michael said this on our call was, I pictured the little bear <laughs> on the box of Sleepy Time Tea where just like <laughs> he's got like his nightcap on. He's like cozy in a chair. So yeah. snuggle up. It's fat boy fall. Maybe you have your your windows <laughs> open and the heat on. And your socks on. Yeah. And get all cozy. <laughs> and get, settle down. Get cozy and sleepy as you're driving down the highway. Your cup of cocoa and your bottle of bourbon. That sounds really good. <laughs> so we're going to share um, a story from our lives, each of us, and we'll talk about it and we'll go through it. And and I don't, none of us have said anything about what we're yeah. going to bring up. So it's going to be a giant surprise. Did anybody else find this hard? Like what story should I, I pick? Found I did. I found it. it was my idea and I found it hard. Because <laughs> um, we you, wanted to have some bearing on our content too. It's not just going to be. It has to stay relevant. Well, sure. I, I didn't, that wasn't the hard part for me. Cause I mean, my whole life is about chubby chasers. Right. And, in fact, guys. And, but my, no, my problem was like, is that a good story? Does that story have an ending? <laughs> yeah. The first one I thought of, well, anyway, we don't have to dwell on yeah. that, but um, I, so I know for me, my story is a little more on the serious side and I don't think I should go first or last. So I'm going to put that out there. And then I don't know if somebody wants to, I don't want to go first. I'm going to go last. Trevor! I guess Trevor. I'm first then. Just kick us Cycles up. Michael's the, uh, the pickle in our, our little story time sandwich. Our little dad yeah. sandwich. I'm the hop bun, I guess. Wait, maybe. am I a dill pickle or bread and butter pickle? You decide when you get to your story. <gasps> Yes. We're just um, hoping you're still crisp. <laughs> so my Turgid. So my story, uh Dan suggested I tell this story. I love this story. Of um kind of my my first and uh only kind of accidental three-way. Oh. Um, so some background for this story. So I was in college and I befriended a chaser we'll call um Alex. Oh him. Yes. Um mm-hmm. And Alex, um, we met on Bigger City. Um, we were both kind of nerdy, so we kind of bonded over that. Uh, we hung out a few times, um, and he was in a relationship, and we're like, oh, well, like, whatever. We just have similar interests. We can just be completely platonic <laughs> friends. Um, <laughs> and there were a few times where I hung out with uh, Alex and his friend Clark, who was a civilian, who had feelings for Alex and hated me because like 
he was just a normal, normal size, normal, you know, sexuality. Mm -hmm. Um, Falling for the chaser. Yeah. And didn't (laughs) like that. Like he knew the chaser, you know, had a crush on me. So how am I going to compete with this huge fat guy? Yeah. (laughs) Um, so that, there, that was weird vibe one. That was kind of a thing whenever like I would hang out with, uh, Alex and Clark, just like Clark hated me. (laughs) Um, but he had to put up with you because the chaser liked you. Yeah. This is a good start. Yes. (laughs) This Uh, is how you want all of your sexy stories to begin. And we hang out, we do various stuff. Uh, it comes to be Halloween and uh, Alex is like, oh, you know, I'm going to Navy Pier with my friend and my boyfriend. What's you Navy sh- Pier? Oh, sorry. Navy Pier. Uh, I, this is when I lived in Chicago. Navy Pier is a pier slash. Um, there's a Ferris wheel. There's shops. There's attractions in Chicago. Mm. It is a former like functional pier. It's, it's like, like a big fun mall on a pier. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, and there's a whole bunch of spooky Halloween stuff happening there. Uh, I go with a friend. Um, and I kind of fell around like, okay, this is my friend. You know, we're kind of into each other, but he has a boyfriend and he has a friend who hates me because his <laughs> friend's also into him. And she's like, okay, got it. This is going to be weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on board for it. <laughs> Sign me up. Um, so we all meet up and it's like just immediately weird. Cause this is my first time meeting, uh, Alex's boyfriend, Jose. And I mean, we get along, but it's just like weird. Cause it's like, I, you know, want to fuck your boyfriend and like that's not a thing and like also your boyfriend's other friend wants to fuck him and like you are currently fucking him um and my friend wants nothing to do with any of this <laughs> and he's sorry she um, came. yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's weird it's a weird night it's also like it's halloween so there's a spooky atmosphere yeah um the vibes and we end up riding the Ferris wheel. Oh, good. Um, and how the Ferris wheel is, it's like a little cart and there's two benches. So on one side is Jose, <laughs> Alex and Clark. Uh-huh. And the other side is me and my friend. And there's this weird moment where. Oh, boy. Like Clark is fawning over Alex. Jose is fawning over Alex, which is like, no, that's normal. They're boyfriends mm-hmm. and like alex is kind of fawning over me <laughs> across my, the aisle my friend is just like i don't want to be four gay men <laughs> um <laughs> sounds like a nightmare yes. <laughs> and <laughs> so things are escalating um so halloween is weird i hang out with uh alex again a little later on and we end up fooling around, which we're like, that was fun, but we shouldn't do that. Again. Never. It's we just it's things, es- things escalated. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and I like kind of befriend Jose a little. So that's also weird. So I'm like, okay, no, that's just, it was a weird thing that happened. And I, and also befriending Jose, befriend his roommate. And I hire her to help me with a project. Um, so I'm over there. Uh, a couple weeks later, I'm over at, uh, Jose and Alex's apartment <laughs> and it's just weird because this there has been now this this breach mm-hmm. in our friendship and this we have gone to a place we shouldn't have and we're trying to step it back and be like okay no we're just friends this is this, we're friends this is normal this that is always fine. works <laughs> and I'm at his you know their place and that's also just like this is a weird vibe now because things have been corrupted um uh, Jose goes to the bathroom and Alex then 
pins me to the wall and starts making out with Whoa. me. And I'm like, oh, this is hot, but also terrible. And like, <laughs> this is the best and worst thing. <laughs> um, and then like we hear the door clicking and he just like kind of goes back to like, oh no, everything's super chill. We're just hanging and vibing. And I'm oh like, my God. what is happening? This is oh terrible. Oh my God. And then uh, we decide to watch a movie. Uh, that that always goes well. <laughs> and we're, uh, the, the roommate was like doing something in the living room. So we're in their bedroom and all kind of like piled on the bed. Oh boy. And I don't remember what we were watching because then like there's... <laughs> hands yes hands <laughs> and the the boyfriend's uh jose's asleep alex is like trying to escalate things i'm like no this is this is this is bad <laughs> this is not how this is supposed to be going <laughs> and then jose wakes up and then things escalate further i'm not gonna go into too much <laughs> and it just it's like okay this is this is happening this is happening now was Jose just pretending to be asleep? I, I yeah, that has. I, I don't think know. So. I don't know if this had been discussed or something. Oh, like entrapment, entrapment, or like I don't know. It happened. <laughs> it was nice, but then it was also just like extremely. We were like, okay, well, that was the thing that happened, and I'm gonna put on my pants and go home now. <laughs> um, and that I. That's well, not, I wanted to like. So, how was it afterwards? Was it? Like, it was weird. Oh really? I, mean, I just a little <laughs> like. Um, Did you stay the night? No. Okay. Uh, no. Um, I. I doubt you made it to the end of the movie. <laughs> no. Well, like I said, I don't remember what the movie was. Yeah. Um, there you go. Yeah, I don't know. That's the um, that's the story of my man. First and I mean not last. I'm not gonna say last, but like only three ways. And that was two The weird vibe of it is also kind of why I've been like. <laughs> I, Three is an unlucky number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like you can't, I feel like there's an especially weird thing about it when you're that young. Yes. Where you just have no context or no real life experience or context for any of this stuff. You can't sort of like well, put it into the place. And there's no fit. like real discussion. Well, that's, that's the thing. Very few people have the communication skills to negotiate a proper three way. <laughs> it just sort of kind of falls together Dan, like Dan, cards. And- don't be ridiculous. <laughs> you don't need to be able to talk. <laughs> That's the whole point. Not with that in your mouth. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I just think, oh I don't know, the weirdest part still to me is like the whole like, orphan goes into the bathroom and it's like, let's make out. <laughs> but not even like, let's make out. It's like, oh. <laughs> I, yeah, that, no. Did I mention know. communication? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. I, uh. Oh, that's, that's. That's that story. It Quit. Was, well, no, I don't want to. No, what? On the spot. No, 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 no. I, no. Put me on the spot. Put me on the spot. No, it wasn't. It <laughs> wasn't time. you. It would be them two. Put it, them on the spot. It's, it's story time. I mean, I we're not going to do it, but I was just going to be. I was going to quickly be like show, like show of hands. Who's ever been in that same situation before? Oh, because I was laughing. It was a joke, but also I realized I was going to get awkward. So never mind. <laughs> I've, I've been in verbatim the exact same situation. You like, have? Yeah. Wait a second. <laughs> and that's not your Is story. Is your real name Jose? <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> I haven't been called Jose in at least eight years. <laughs> it's your alter ego, isn't it? He prefers Poppy. Oh no, Don's peeling off a latex mask. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm Tom Cruise. Whoa, <laughs> that was a twist I didn't see coming. <laughs> didn't. Where's my Michael? Video? Damn it. I know I have it. 
There we go. Um, Going from top to bottom, it's time for a pickle. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of pickle are you? Okay. Um, I have decided I am going to be a bread and butter pickle. Nice and sweet. Um, especially <laughs> oh because... I'm going to be peeling that off the sandwich. <laughs> bread and butter pickle on a smash burger with a mustardy special sauce and jammy onions is the best burger ever. On record saying it. There we go. Anyway, um, my story is... Uh, so I, I came up with a, a story that was a lot like Trevor's, a very sort of linear um, story story. And I was like, this goes nowhere and has no real punchline to it. So I, I kind of trashed that. And I was thinking about what things I would actually want to like share that I felt would be important. So mine is less of a single moment and more of a collection of moments over my life. Um, what? No. Oh, sorry. You were, Dan had this expression like, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, I'm just thinking montage. Yeah, basically. Um, and, and it's a little more serious subject. I wanted to kind of dig into something that Dan and I have mentioned, but never really talked about, which is the idea of like, chaser issues with body image oh, and yeah. dysmorphia maybe and, and stuff around that. And because it's not really like a linear beat by beat story, feel free to like jump in or ask questions if you want. Um, but basically this is my sort of like, I, it, it's something that I've been hesitant to bring up on the show because so much of the show is about the issues that fat people deal with and very serious, real issues. And I, I have the sense of like, I don't want to be on record as saying like, this is somehow equivalent to those issues. Cause I don't like, it's not, but at the same time, I think it's important to acknowledge that there's a lot of overlap between chasers who have body image issues and how they relate to fat. And, and there's a lot of connections there. Mm -hmm. Um, and I will start by saying, so Dan, you've mentioned that you were a fat kid mm -hmm. when you were young and I, I haven't seen pictures of you, but I mean, that was how I felt, but I actually wasn't mm. like, I just wasn't the skinny white kid that everybody else around me was. And so, but I always had this feeling of being the fat kid and I was really self-conscious even as back as early as like six years old. Like I hated taking my shirt off ever, like for the pool, for, you know, if I was playing soccer, a lot of times people would be like, oh, shirts and skins, like, ha ha ha. And I was like, I, I hated that. Yeah. Absolutely hated that. Um, and there was a lot of just like ambient, like fat phobia. Like my dad would say stuff like fat, lazy slob about, you know, like, or don't be a fat, lazy slob or whatever. Like there was just sort of this general feeling of like, this is the worst thing you can be. And, and don't turn into that and don't turn into that. And, and I don't know, like, this is the thing that interests me is like, I don't know if I was like already a chaser or already wired that way. And this just hit different because of that, or if this is like somehow responsible for shaping where I ended up. And like, it's like a chicken or egg thing. Like, mm -hmm. how did this start? How did it go? But there's just like a lot of like, I don't know, like I, in, in the same way that Trevor has described his high school experience of like, I, I would say like a pretty typical high school teenager, except in your case, you were a fat gay kid. Mm. Um, but otherwise like having sexual experiences and, and other people. And I was the total opposite. Like I had a weird schooling anyway. So like I was in public school for a while. I was homeschooled for a little while. I went to Christian private school for a little while. And then I went to community college instead of high school. So like, nothing about that is normal. And that meant that I just had a lot of like separation and isolation from peers. So like never, there was never like a locker room experience for me. There was never 
like a three-way or even a two-way experience for me until I was 18. And I think a lot of those things just like ham, like allow me to live in my head for a long time and kind of like self-reinforce all those issues. Mm. Um, and it extends to the point that I'm still not over that stuff. Like when I moved to West Hollywood when I was 21, every, I was in the gay, like I was in the gay world. That was like my first dipping my toes into being around people like me, but they weren't really like me. They were just people that looked Mm -hmm. like me and said they were gay. And it was a lot of every single gay person I ever met. And I mean, every single one at some point or another, and usually more than once compared a random guy they saw and talked about how hot their body was or how, Oh, that guy's really cute, but you should see his body. It's terrible. Like don't, don't bother. Mm. Like that was just in the conversation every, basically every single day that I, for the first few years that I moved out here until I learned to like get away from that. Just constant body assessment. It's Mm -hmm. always so much body assessment. It's so much like valuing somebody purely in how they look. I, I would just throw in there that the reason that happens is because the person saying it has exactly those body issues. I, mm-hmm. I, almost certainly. Um, the problem is that it's toxic, you know, it's toxic <laughs> and that spills out, like we've said before onto other people. Yeah. And, um, being that young gay guy, it was, I always felt like I was the one, like whenever I left the room, I was, it felt like I was, also one of those people they would be talking about. Like you're back in your, in your father's living room and he's saying like, don't be that big fat lazy slob. Right. Like, yeah. yeah, Like it just feels that way. And, and I look back at like photos of myself from those times and like that, that's like a normal looking kid to me. That's, Mm -hmm. there's nothing, but like how I felt about myself was completely the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's taken a long time to come around to it. And I'm still not over that stuff. Like that's still, something that I deal with every single day and for better and worse, the only way that I really have the only silver bullet I have for it to feel better about this stuff is to play soccer, Mm. which, and I don't think it's a coincidence that soccer was the one thing that my dad and I did together. Mm. It's the, but that was also the exercise thing. That was also the like, Mm -hmm. well, you gotta, you know, you gotta stay active. Like you don't want to get fat and lazy. Like, and and so I don't think it's really been solved. It's just like, it's sort of the bandaid I have right now to not feel it's, bad about it's myself. The, it's the release valve. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so that, I thought that was kind of an important thing to highlight because I think that has also made me incredibly like sympathetic and empathetic to people who deal with the same kinds of issues, even though it's a radically different presentation. So like the guys that I date, a lot of times have dealt with the same issues, except they were actually fat. And so there's a whole other sort of exponentially larger world to it. Like, obviously I'm not, again, I'm not saying they're the same thing, Mm -hmm. but in a funny way, it's also enabled me to have really deep connections with people because we kind of get each other, or at least I feel like I get them more than most other people in their life do. And there's sort of a, yeah, yeah, like a connection point there. Well, and I think it it gives you insight into what it's like to be excluded because of your body size Mm -hmm. or or your self image. Yeah. Your body image, I should say. Yeah. And I, it does, I mean, I don't, I've never really talked about this in a professional setting to the point that I could have a diagnosis, but it feels like dysmorphia. Like I don't feel like how I see myself is the way that other people see me. I don't think. I don't think those- I, I, I think every human on the planet would agree with you though. 
as far as that being the case. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And then there's obviously there's more extreme versions of that. Everybody has the experience of looking at a photo and going, oh my God, I look good. Or, oh my God, I look so horrible. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, it doesn't match whatever's in your head. It's, it, it's, it, it's at odds with it. Yeah. It's yeah. very hard to actually get an outside view of yourself. Um, I actually had a friend and he was very self-conscious, very a-gay. And he says, oh, I don't use a mirror. I take photographs before I go out to a club. <gasps> Jesus. Because you can see, you can fool yourself by looking at the mirror. You can just, you know what angles to look at. But if you take a photograph yourself of yourself, then you see, and he, he had this down to a science. Wow. And there's a lot of fucked uptitude in it. But, <laughs> but, um, that is the title of the show, by the way. <laughs> good luck spelling it. Um, but it's, yeah. And it's, it's really, you know, talking about the West Hollywood crowd, it's, it's what I call the A-gays, right? Mm-hmm. It's not my word for it, but I mean, I think it's on Will and Grace, the A-gays. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they got it from somewhere. But there's that, there's that hyper look conscious, usually very white, very manicured mm-hmm. crowd. And they set, they set the tune. Yeah. Or at least we think, or it feels like they set the tune. They don't, of course. Um, mm. Because then once you discover subcultures, you're like, fuck that. Who are they? Why would anyone want to be one of your club? <laughs> yeah. It's like when you discover that you're, you know, when you discover that your, your big brother's clubhouse is really just the card table with a blanket draped over it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, why the hell was I trying to get into there so hard? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a perfect way to put it, though, because one of the feel- pervasive feelings I've had for m- most of my life has been f- figuring out where I fit in. Yeah. And like, I should have fit in there. I looked like those people did. I I am gay. I moved to West Hollywood. I wanted to be in LA. I should have fit in there. And I never felt like I did because I'm I'm just not that. I And so doing, again, doing this podcast, one of the reasons why I wanted to go to Big Bayou so much was because I feel like I have found where I fit in now. Yes. And that's so important. Can I respond to this? Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me, I had a huge chip on my shoulder. I, that's not really true. I had a huge antipathy towards the gay community. Like, mm. ew, gross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or Same. like, they all talk about, you know me in pop culture. I don't know a goddamn thing. <laughs> and like, how do you go to a gay bar and not talk about pop culture? It's, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, it's like not having a drink in your hand. Oh, and by the way, I didn't drink. <laughs> <laughs> or dance or smoke or like, like I'm completely unqualified to occupy this space. Mm-hmm. So, but it felt like that was the game. Even if it wasn't the only game in town, it was certainly the game you needed to aspire to. Yeah. Right. That was a gold standard. Yeah. That was, I mean, that's, I mean, if you're going to make it, that's where you're going to make it. Right. So I, I had this thing where, and my, my, my boyfriend at the time pointed it out that if we were in a group of gay guys, let's say just at brunch and I was in the a gay crowd because I looked it, but, like mm-hmm. I look like them, but I'm not one of them. Yeah. Which is always this weird sort of imposter, mm-hmm. you know, s- syndrome. <laughs> you you always feel like you're passing. You feel like you're passing. Yeah. Um, so and he noticed, he said, you will always change the conversation to something you want to talk about as opposed to what the group is talking about. Like I would turn it into travel mm. or I would talk and turn it into language or I would turn it into some other topic <laughs> rather than Brittany who? Yeah. <laughs> You know what my solution for that was at the time? I just didn't talk. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as we've seen, that's not really possible for me, Michael. (laughs) Right. Well, and that's the funny thing is like, I have, it's not that I've become more talkative as I've gotten older. It's that I've finally learned how to talk 
about the things I want to talk about with the people I want to be talking to. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yes. Well, and so what turned the tide for me was, was this. The more I identified, because, you know, one's sexuality is not just... If there's no model, like like there's not a lot of, there's not a model for chubby chasers out there in the world. One of the reasons I didn't know I was gay until I was 20 was because the fantasies in my head didn't match anything you could find in a gay magazine. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'm not gay. Couldn't be. Couldn't, yeah, I mean, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, if that's mm -hmm. what's gay is, then I'm not gay. Yeah. And so, but once I really got in touch with my sexuality, what I liked, and then made it okay, all of a sudden I had this great sort of affection to the a-gay community because I didn't have to fight the tide. I didn't have to, like, I could I could be like, oh yeah, that's what they do here. It's sort of the way, like- <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> you, well, I mean, not in a condescending way, but in a, in a way that like, your first trip to France is like, God damn, they do everything wrong here. <laughs> and then like, once you've been to France a few more times, you're like, oh yeah, they're just being French. Mm-hmm. I wish I could say that I bounced back from that, but I feel like the two of you have a slightly- Oh no, no, it's completely different experience for that. Yeah. For me, I definitely feel like- I, I felt like I was always being intentionally excluded. Where like when I was with that crowd, I would say something funny because I'll admit it. Sometimes I've got my moments. Um, and then I would just get these sort of blank stares from people. Mm. And then literally this happened to me on multiple occasions. Someone sort of hotter than me sort of said the exact same thing. Oh my God. And then everybody starts laughing and like, Oh, you're so clever. Oh my God. And that felt like my life when I was running in those circles. Like <laughs> it's so I, I felt like a writer for someone <laughs> who was just waiting for me to drop gems in front of them so they could be popular. That, that that's just, a lot of the writer's room is in LA. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, and yeah. So I have never felt like I've been able to build a bridge back to the mainstream gay community. No, it's yeah. I, no, it's it's completely different for Chubs. Like what I said yeah. about like the the France analogy, that isn't going to work if you're fat. Yeah, uh, it just doesn't apply. But it is for for a chaser who is again, you're passing. You are mistaken for one of them. Yeah, and so. What I have done that's really important to me, and I, I don't know, I think you're tending this way, Michael, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. It's really important for me to assert my chaserhood. Hmm. Like it, in the same way that I don't want to be, like in the same way that I, I like if I'm with a bunch of straight people or I'm, or I'm leading a, a seminar, people will just assume I'm straight because, you know, it's 80 or 90% of the population. It's a good assumption. Mm -hmm. And, but I will, if I'm mistaken for straight, I will correct the impression. Mm -hmm. I'll say, actually, my husband, blah, 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 blah. I'll, I'll, say, I'll say something to, to mess up the assumption. And I will also do that if I'm with a bunch of gay guys and it's looking like, oh, you know, that bodybuilder's hot. That twink is hot. I'm like, I, I will find myself going out of the way of saying like, you know, wow, that guy over there is really hot. Who? The, the fat guy over there. He's really hot. Mm -hmm. Like I'll, I'll go out of my way to assert my sexual identity, as it were, my taste mm -hmm. so that I'm not mistaken for having theirs. Okay. And I, to me, that's an act of self-expression. To me, that's an expression of authenticity. Mm -hmm. To me, that's an act of revolution. I mean, maybe, <laughs> I mean, it depends on the crowd you're with. I mean, and it's interesting because I don't think I've ever gotten a look that's gross. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have gotten that from, there was this guy trying to pick me up in Starbucks and he was, he was gorgeous. He was hot. And I'm like, you're not my type, which then begs the question. What's your type? <laughs> well, sir, <laughs> let me show you. And I, said, and I think at one point 
I just said, I just like opened my phone mm-hmm. and he was like, and that was absolutely the, Oh my God, that's gross. That's one. Of course, I you know I did show him a rather extreme picture, but Jesus, Jesus, this guy was hot. So I mean, if you want I've to know had, my type, I've had the experience of like whenever it like if I'm you know really enamored with a guy and I'm like I I want to gush like I want to be mm-hmm. like oh my yeah. god look at this cute amazing guy. like every single person that I've shown the photo to, which is usually just like a smiling you know, selfie or something like a headshot, nothing crazy. But a big smiling chubby guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. exactly. Every single time uh, I've shown somebody who was not in this room, I think <laughs> uh, the response is like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the thing that kills me is like other people have tried uh, usually straight people, uh, friends of mine are like, Oh my God, I'm dating somebody new. Like I see these like so hot. Like, let me show you. And, the, and in my immediately, I'm just like, do I need to pretend for you the way that you don't pretend for me? Oh, that this that's person is hot? That's really an interesting question. That's I, really, I interesting. mean, for, for me, I, you know, I, as Trevor will tell you, I can have my attention pulled by a number of traditionally hot guys, mm. you know? So if somebody shows me a picture of their traditionally hot boyfriend, yeah, I'm like, wow, that's really hot. Cause it is. I, I'm not going to be able to get it up for a guy like that, but yeah, I get it. That's really hot. So yeah, I guess I just wanted to kind of bring some awareness to that in a way that wasn't just like us hinting to the fact that that's the case, but actually give an example that that has been my life and mm-hmm. still is currently. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I think it's, Maybe if there's a chubby guy out there who this like clicks something into place, you, uh, not obviously not all chasers are the same. Not everyone has the same feelings or journeys, but that is potentially something that you can identify in somebody that you may never have thought you could have. Well, here we are at the end of the episode. Clearly, we haven't actually finished telling our long-winded stories. So um, we're going to come back. We're going to make this two parts. <laughs> Holy two-part episode, Batman. Yeah. So stay tuned, because next week you're going to hear from uh, Don and Dan, and also a really fun bit that we did. And uh, we'll see you then. <laughs>